Ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, may I have your attention, please? Are you ready to engage in a mind-blowing experience and hear talks about life, technology, entertainment, and business? The next episode of Hip to Talks starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, go. Good day, good evening, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hipter Talks. Today we're having with us Joe Chisar, uh, founder of Mezonera Home Makeovers. Uh, welcome, Joe. Thank you for taking our uh, invitation and uh, for making the time to to join us. So, thank you for, for having me. For all the audience here, um, let's shed some light on your on your background a little bit. Uh, with you, what you're doing, uh, what's the deal with uh, with the home makeovers? So um, I'm Drew, <laughs> and I am a decorator slash interior designer. And um, just to clarify a little bit, like the difference between a decorator and an interior designer, dec an interior designer usually does like large structural changes and works directly with an architect. So like taking out walls and like built-in furniture, um, that kind of stuff. While a decorator focuses on details. So I do basically furniture, soft furnishings like um, carpets and drapes. I do decorative items. I do lighting, paint. Uh, but so everything that is like detail oriented, but doesn't necessarily require um, large structural changes, which is mm -hmm. great because what I do is also quite renter friendly. So it's a lot of things that you can do with your home that is just. Um, it's just a makeover, but doesn't require to like really in-depth, doesn't require like in-depth renovation. So uh, I have a background in fine arts. I used to work as an illustrator and for like 10 years or so, I did portraits and uh, illustrated books and various other commission work. But um, after a while, especially after my son was born, I had like a lot less time on my hands and a lot more need of money. So I kind of had to um, shift a little bit, but it was an organic shift because both domains are very, uh, they're like very visual. So like uh, color theory, theory applies just the same um, proportions and everything that has to do with why something is aesthetic applies just as well in fine arts as it does in design. So it was a very easy uh, shift for me to go from a composition that is on a page to a composition that is basically a 3D space. Mm -hmm. uh, I was always passionate about architecture and design and I really loved um, hand-making various objects. So I basically, it started out as a hobby. I would make uh, decor items. I would sew things, make lamps. I uh, upcycled furniture for a while. And I just like flipped this. I'd put it on um, either like Facebook Marketplace or um, I'd have um, like an Instagram account for this. And after a while, I just got, um, it just was easier to make a living doing this than uh, it was doing illustration. It was just easier to find clients for it. Um, two of my friends uh, decided to open up a restaurant and they asked me if I want to help them decorate, like if I have any ideas on what to do with the space to make it like unique and cool and just like totally vibey. <laughs> so um, they called me in and that was my first big project, which was also the moment where I realized that I could really do this on a larger scale and I could really do this for a living. 
So I spent a couple of weeks with the girls and we um, did the whole bistro. We were just like four girls and we had one um, we had one specialist helping us with certain aspects that we could not do, like electricity. Um, but for the most part, we did it just the four of us and it turned out really nice. So that was like a turning point where I was like, okay, this is, I seriously need to start doing this on a, on a more serious scale. And, um, well, yeah, that's kind of how I started. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you make it sound like it's uh, it, it's it was really really smooth and really easy to to do this, but uh, I, I'm not sure if it's for everybody. Like, um, could you tell us a little bit about what uh, what were the main obstacles or what are the main obstacles for you for not to take a project or something that goes sideways? Well. Uh, the transition for me personally was indeed quite quite smooth because I already had a lot of the a lot of the knowledge like in terms of understanding style and understanding um, various uh, aesthetic directions people want to take. But uh, I guess for most creatives, the most difficult part is the business aspect of it, like handling um, handling finances, handling taxes. People hire an accountant. Like, do not try to do this yourself. It'll not work out. If you're a creative, you will not be able to do it all. Plus, if you work as a freelancer, you're going to have to do the job of like five to six people all by yourself. So you're going to have marketing. You're going to have um, PR. You're going to have the actual design work. You're going to have implementation. You're going to have a lot of things to do just by yourself. So get help wherever you can. Um, and yeah, don't do your own finances. <laughs> that will bite you in the ass. So that was probably one of the toughest things for me to work out. Another thing that is really important to keep in mind is that whenever you work with people, you will meet people of various kinds and you will vibe with some of them. You will not vibe with others. The main criteria after which I pick my clients is whether or not we get along well. It doesn't matter how big the project is. It doesn't matter how well it pays. What matters is that we can sit down, have a nice talk about what they like, what they need, and just um, just just like resonate well, I guess. Mm -hmm. This is very important because if you do not like each other and if you do not understand what the other person wants, you're just going to hate each other for like three, four months, however much the reno is going to take. And no one is, nobody's going to be pleased with the result and it's just going to be a disaster. So sit down with the person, really get to know them. Like as a, if you work in people's homes, you go into their most intimate spaces. So you have to understand how a space is used and what that particular person or that particular family needs from that space. So there's also this um, social aspect to it where you really have to, um, I guess, become friends with the person fairly quickly because they do have to share with you what they do throughout the day and what they need from a space and what they would like. And uh, you have to get a pretty good grasp of their personal taste. Most people do not have like the design words to explain to you what the direction and style is that they would like. So you kind of have to... Um, Base this on your intuition. Like if you get, if you're lucky, you get reference photos. 
But a lot of people are like, well, I don't know. And then you kind of have to get that out of them. And this, this social aspect of it is, um, is like a very make and break aspect of the whole of the whole situation uh, it, it's not really very technical i mean the the talk with uh, with the clients the you, uh, as you told me you don't really get the type of clients that know exactly what they want and how they want it but uh, you have to to get that yourself it really depends on the client so there are some people who like i had clients who were like okay you're the third designer i'm talking to i know exactly mm -hmm. what i want and they did not know how to deliver it. I like those type of clients. <laughs> if you know what you want, I am. it makes my job so much easier to just be able to deliver exactly what you want because you're able to def define that. There's a lot of people who are like, well, I, I don't really know. We come up with some ideas and then we'll see, which makes my job a lot harder because I have to, there's a lot of improvising. There's a lot of like, Tapping in around in the dark and hoping that whatever I come up with is going to somehow be this at the same in the same direction as what they want, which often is not. And then I have to start over. And that's very frustrating. So, um, yeah, I like the clients very much. You know what they want. And there also is a technical aspect to it because our conversations also start with a bunch of technical aspects that have to do with the space itself, like uh, how much light it gets. What, it, what the orientation is, how many windows there are, what there's a bunch of like little details that I have to make sure that I cover so that the end result is is going to be professional looking and is going to be is going to be nice. But there's also um, just a part where I get to know them and what they need. And that one is not very technical. It's very it's very social. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned uh, the first project as being the, the Bistro project, but uh, I want to ask you about the first project you took on yourself, because the, the first one was basically the, the turnaround point. And what was the next project after that? Like the first project you took on mm -hmm. from, from, from scratch just by yourself? Just by myself. That was um, a living room and a bedroom for a family. Okay. So and I, um, how did that do... feel like? That was, it was a little scary, but um, it was also, it was challenging in, a, in an enjoyable way. Like it was something that I genuinely enjoyed doing. And it was a person that I got along very well with from the get-go. And that helped a lot. Just they, they had faith in me. They were all very kind and very nice and also very open about what they need and what they like. So um it was, a, it was a little overwhelming and there was a lot of things that I had to just learn as I, uh, as I go or as I went, but um, it was immensely satisfying. <laughs> okay. And since we're on the, the projects list, what's the, the biggest project yet? What's the, the greatest project that, that you've done? <laughs> um greatest in terms of size or in terms of like that's that's a, that is a tough one because for the most part I work with uh with families like either uh young families moving into a new home or people expecting children who want to like um uh, who need to shift the way the space is used so that it's more practical but I also do a lot of, I also sometimes get a lot of weird things like I do a couple of offices I did I just did a dentist's office last week that was really odd and really outside my, um, well, not comfort zone, but just outside of whatever I usually do. 
So it had to be, so the specifics of it were very different because everything you had to um, be able to sterilize. And there were just a couple of like technical things that you really needed to make sure that you get right, which I knew basically nothing about. But also um, it was a, it's, it was an dentist office where they uh, treat a lot of kids. So I wanted to make it, I wanted to have like a little fun twist. So that, that was very nice to take a sterile space as a dentist office and combine it with something that is very um, playful and fun and calming and just not like cliche bunny poster or something. Mm-hmm. So that, that was interesting. But like scale wise, I guess the largest would be um, the situations where I had to do like an entire house like three bedrooms, living room, bathrooms, open space, kitchen, everything. Those are hard to do because there is there are so many spaces and so many things happening in parallel that you have to make sure that you get right. And then it also has to be cohesive, but like the various different spaces have to have a personality of their own. That's that's wow. what I wanted to, to ask you now. When you when you have like a big project like this, like a full house, um uh I know that uh it's a little bit harder because of the scale of it, but isn't it easier because you are the one who's uh, who's uh, designing the, the the whole thing, like not only individual. Because I suppose when it when you when you meet with a client and they want to decorate a room, you have to uh, to keep track of uh, how everything else decorated in the house, and you have to basically you have to fit your own design into something that's already there. When you take a, a project like this, like a, a full space, a, a full house, is it easier for you to just uh, design from one to another and to, uh, to make them look together nice, look nice um, together? I, I don't know if it is easier. I don't know if it is easier because oftentimes seeing how the rest of the house is decorated kind of gives me an idea of what those people like. Like seeing mm-hmm. the items that they picked for themselves in the rest of the house or apartment gives me an idea over what they would like to have happen in that room that I am I am decorating. And yeah, sometimes they end up in a situation in which that is like the nice room and then there's the rest of the house. <laughs> But um, that's okay because that's how you get callbacks. <laughs> But I guess the most difficult part if you do like a whole house or a larger space is uh just the sheer scale of things like you have to um everything is happening simultaneously because usually i have a lot of projects running in parallel but they're at different stages so mm-hmm. i know that here we have to take care of the paint and there we have to take care of the furniture and we're at soft furnishings and decor so it's always it's not necessarily the same uh the same thing that you have to do across a million rooms because if you have to find furniture for like five to six spaces simultaneously because they don't want to do six different furniture orders. They don't want to order separate, separately for all the rooms. That is, that is massive. That, that we are talking, looking at thousands of pages of furniture it is it gets that, that part gets crazy. So just, just the scale. Um, but design wise, I don't know if it's necessarily harder or easier. It's just more, I guess. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to ask you, but you 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 sort of already answered this one. If uh, you have openness towards office and, or others other spaces, you just mm-hmm. told me. But um, do you do you plan to 
to have like um, a distinct entity that's uh, that's handling only office or retail or industrial spaces. That sounds um, that sounds like something that might happen if I grow my business a lot. So currently, I am running under the Mezonera brand just because I I am too shy of a person to do this under my own name. Okay, <laughs> I want to have I want to have like a brand I can hide behind. That is comforting, but I am pretty much the main person here. So there is no other designer, and everyone and every other person I involve in the progress and the projects, they're basically contractors, and they're like very from project to project. Mm -hmm. So it's basically more or less all me, and um, I have pretty much as I have pretty much specialized by the, at this point um, doing family homes. This is my thing. That is basically the the target group that I have mm -hmm. reached. And that's where I um, managed to like find my niche. But um, in the future, if I do end up growing my business to a level where it's like a big ass company, <laughs> I might, I might do, I might do that. So I know you're based in Romania right now. Do you work abroad as well? Do you have like international plans? Uh, not at the moment. Not at the moment, but um, I do have clients who are like not in my city. So I have done a lot of projects that were strictly online, mm -hmm. which poses their own um, complications, but it is perfectly doable. So provided if there is someone, but currently the brand is not really known mm -hmm. outside of the country. So, um, but if there were to be people who need my help who are outside of the country, I could just as well work with them, just like I did with people who are not in my city. Okay, I see. And that was another uh, uh, thing I really wanted to to touch base on. Uh, are you able to do this kind of um, of makeovers or renovations uh, without you physically being there? Remotely, it shows it poses its own challenges, but it is possible to work uh, remotely or at least remotely for the most part. So uh, to be able, I am able to do. Um, to make up a plan to do like a design based totally on photographs and specs. So if I get like accurate measurements of a space, if I get sufficient reference photos that are shot from the right angles. So if I get a good enough of a grasp of what the space looks like in theory, I am able to put together a design that will look good in this cohesive and will fit. But there's always little things that you tweak along the way as you go. Cause maybe in the space, if if like on paper, it looks okay. Or in the design, mm -hmm. it looks okay. But maybe in the space, you realize maybe this looks better on that wall. Maybe you'd, you'd shift things up or um, small details might, um, might change as you go along. And um, those are the situations that might um, pose complications because I am not there to spot them on time. And sometimes they get spotted later on or sometimes the client is like, oh my God, what are we going to do? But that's fine. Just call me. We solve it. <laughs> everything, has, everything has a solution. And oftentimes when there is a need for my physical presence, I just like go there over the weekend or something. So I do a short visit and we plan every step of the process that requires my presence necessarily, that requires me to be there necessarily um, do we plan that for that same weekend or for those two days where I'm, as much as I'm staying there and then we can, we can sort it out in person. 
But for the most part, it is doable online. I guess the biggest complication or the complication I have most often is people sending me photos of stuff or of paint chips or that kind of thing. And thinking that from that photo, I will be able to tell if that is okay or not. (laughs) People do not send me photos of paint, please. Paint in photos does not look like paint on walls. (laughs) It will never look like paint on walls. (laughs) It's not gonna, I need to see, like if if it's a thing of colors or textures, I probably will have to see it in person. So just like send me the code and I can go to my own local hardware store and check it out for myself. Don't send me pictures. Your white balance is going to be off. Not going to look the same. Okay. So as we're closing uh, uh, this this episode, uh, are there any advice that you, you can shout out to um, fellow fine artists that are uh, maybe too shy to step on and take their, uh, their own business? Or why not to our audience who's looking for someone who, who can uh, decorate their places? Uh, um, to, uh, my fellow creatives out there, I want to tell you that it is a lot of work. So if you are worried about being up for the challenge of doing this as a freelancer or doing this on your own, there is no problem with just getting hired for uh, applying for a job for a while and just working for someone until you are sure enough that you can do this on your own because it is a lot of work. Second advice is that um, get help where you can. So if there are aspects that you are not particularly good at, like accounting, which I've mentioned previously, get an accountant. You are not, the requirement is not for you to be good at absolutely everything. You don't have to be the person who is perfectly good at everything. There are technically specialized people who you can ask help from. So do not worry about telling your clients that you don't know how to do this or that. Just tell them, I would rather consult a specialist because they know more than I do. Everybody's going to be fine with that. So, uh, yeah. And uh, what else? Yeah, a lot of people are going to tell you that you're not going to make it. (laughs) You're going to need to learn to ignore that and do that anyway, because it is immensely satisfying to... um, do well after a bunch of people told you that you most likely won't be able to do it. Yeah, it's really satisfying to be able to tell someone you told me so and I proved you wrong. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. So thank you very much for taking the time to to have a chat with us, to to share your experience to the world. Uh, Thank you to our audience, uh, wherever you're tuning in from. Don't forget to subscribe to all our channels and uh, see you next week. Thank you for joining. Be sure to check back next week for the next Hip to Talks and subscribe on Amazon Music, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, MixCloud and Pandora.